I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Florence, oh my goodness, welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. I am so excited that we are finally getting to connect because we're going to talk about some of my most favorite things, which is toxic relationships, boundaries, how we navigate these relationships. I just gave a talk this weekend on that. Um, So you are talking my jam. I'm so excited. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about who you are and how you got into the lovely world of all things relationships? Sure. I I consider myself a personal growth strategist. Uh, Years ago, I was a nanny uh, for lots of different families and uh, wrote a children's book about having a nanny in your life and a caretaker. And uh, that really gave me a platform to talk about childcare in the new millennium and families and dynamics. And then years later, COVID hit and I started looking at our, our, our platform as a society and connection and us on a global level all knew what it felt like to lose our support systems. And I thought, gosh, you know, that proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. That's a wonderful proverb. But I also feel it it excludes a lot of people because what if you don't have kids? Does that mean you don't deserve to find your people? That doesn't that means you don't deserve a community. And so I wanted to answer that question. You know, where is the village? What's the phone number to call. So I wrote a book called Build Your Village, a guide to finding joy and community in every stage of life. And I created six archetypes of villagers that you identify with. Who do I need in my life of these six people? And who am I in other people's villages? Because it is true. The human connection is extremely important and friendships are extremely important. Um, But just like anything, it takes work. And just like anything, you need to pay attention to the health of that relationship. I I love it. And, and, and I'm excited to talk about the archetypes. I'm so excited to talk about what it looks like to build your village. I use a different kind of analogy, but very similar in talking about relationships, which is like, you need that friend that is your minivan mom that you're pretty sure she's, you know, going to load up the the back of the minivan with the shovels and help you bury the body, but not until after she, you know, goes to book club and drops off six kids at soccer and you need the the person on the side of the road that that's calling you for help. And, and you need that person that drives the Lambo. That's like, get in, be, we're going. Um, and right. you can't have too many of any one of these kinds of relationships. Right. And if you do, you have to start using your brakes and your gas. And, and that's kind of how I describe relationships and all the ones that we engage in. So I love the idea of building the village um, because I think that's just really a beautiful way to describe that we are in decision. We are with empowerment in what we're creating in our life. And I often say, if you're the smartest and and wealthiest person in the room, you're not keeping the right company. 
Right. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so true. I, I, I always say, you know, if you're, you, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And my dad would always tell me that that was always advice that he gave me in business. And I always laughed and I looked back and I'm going to go, Hey dad, I'm never in the wrong room. Okay. <laughs> I'm always, I, it's not my problem. That's not my issue. <laughs> I'm never the smartest person in the room. That That's is awesome. That is not my problem. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so let's talk about how signs, signs that you might be in a toxic relationship. Let's go there because people love this, this toxic topic. Oh gosh. I mean, think about your phone rings. You get that ring, that phone call, that text message, and you look at it and you're like, Oh no, you see that <laughs> name come up across your phone. And that's not a <laughs> sign when you see, I mean, maybe it's your mother-in-law and I, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it might be. And that's a whole different uh, horse of a different color, but you know, you see that name and it, it, it makes you react in a way like that. That's not a great sign. Um, if you're having trust issues in the friendship. Maybe there's been betrayal. Maybe you found out through your circle of friends that the friend that you thought was a vault that was going to keep your secrets, you know, you found out that they kind of leaked it to a couple of people. Um, maybe you're always giving more than you're receiving. Maybe your boundaries are frequently being ignored. Um, or just simply you don't enjoy spending time with them anymore. You're there kind of looking at your phone, seeing what time it is, or hoping that, you know, this lunch goes by a whole lot quicker. You just dread that calendar date that's coming up. Or perhaps it's even worse than that, that they are being cruel to you. They're being unkind or you're hearing gossip about you that they're spreading. These are all pretty bad signs that the relationship is toxic. Um, you know, as you were talking about the, the phone ringing, I, I had this for years after I left a toxic relationship where I really found myself, um, Every time I would hear a diesel truck, it was like I had a whole body like freeze. I mean, I would just like instantly was in a fight, flight, freeze or fawn almost. I mean, just it was wild how uh, when you when you get out of it, the remnants of it are still there as well. And then I think that's kind of like some level of affirmation that you're doing the right thing. Right. That's exactly it. You know, that kind of PTSD that you're talking about, Michaela, that makes so much sense to me because I think we forget that relationships are an energy exchange, right? You are giving your heart, your mind, your body in a lot of ways to these friendships, to these relationships. And we forget that when you exchange energy, you either are feeling like it's revitalizing you, it's energizing you, or it can be depleting you. And if you feel like you're constantly giving, you're constantly doing, and you still are waking up in the morning feeling like your tank is empty, feeling like you are maybe a little sad, maybe even a little depressed, maybe um, you're, you're feeling like you are not seen, heard, understood. You have to think about how you are exerting your energy and to whom you are giving that energy. As we get older and older, our friendship circles are not as robust. Usually they're becoming a little smaller, a little more quality versus quantity. And that core group that you're spending your time with, you're realizing that it's important that 
You can decide why you are giving that time and attention to those certain people and doing that evaluation of your friendships, doing that evaluation of your relationships in general. That's really healthy to do because we don't have just gobs of time to be giving to all sorts of people. Um, As we get older, it does become more precious. Um, So making sure you're respecting yourself and respecting others in these relationships is paramount. I love that. And, and to your point, you know, um, my tribe or my village, as it's morphing and becoming more of a healthy, well-adjusted village, I'm very cautious with my, my entrance gates to my village. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very mindful of who I'm letting into my space. And I don't have a lot of wiggle room these days when toxicity starts to come up. It's like, we're going to have a conversation. And then if boundaries are not able to be adhered to and respected, then, then we're, then you're not able to be in my village. I'm sorry. (laughs) And actually I'm not sorry. You're just not allowed to be in my village. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it. You're just not allowed to be. And you you know what? You said something that's very empowering there. You are the gatekeeper. You do get to decide. Now let's, let's take it a step further. Not in every situation in life. Are we able to avoid having certain people in our lives? Correct. I mean, there's family, there's things like that. Exes that you're co-parenting with. That's right. That's exactly it. So sometimes as much as we wish, we could pick and choose the people that get to stay or get to be in our lives. We don't. So that becomes a different conversation. And that's where boundaries come in. And I always laugh because every time I say boundaries to someone, you know, they automatically look like nervous because boundaries like a dirty word. They're like, ah, don't say that to me because that's just, you know, I mean, you're immediately defensive, like you're doing something wrong. But I think people need to understand that boundaries are not there for for you to be cruel or rude or impolite, they're there to not just protect you, but also to protect the other person. It's not just about me, me, me all the time. Yes, of course, you are advocating for yourself, advocating for your family, your children, whatever that you know, whatever it is that you're doing and what you're guarding. But boundaries are also helping you respect another person too, because you know that in order for you to be able to show up in people's lives, for you to show up and be your best self, for you to show up and be proud of how you behave, that you need to do certain things in order to create that space for it. So don't be afraid of boundaries. You know, I always say you can say what you mean and not say it mean, you know, and you can, you, yeah, you know, that the, the, the phrase for this entire podcast is learn how to speak your truth gracefully. That is exactly what this is all about. Right. And that, but you know what, that word, I love that word gracefully. I love that word grace. I mean, how often in life do we need to give ourselves that and also give other people that, you know, our world hurts right now in a lot of different ways and people hurt in a lot of different ways. And sometimes we don't see, oftentimes do not see the struggles that people have in their lives. They're not necessarily broadcasting it. So, you know, being kind that as the default, you know, that, 
that is an important way to lead. But again, just like everything in life, you know, you don't want to be a doormat. There's also the, the extreme. There's the other end of it where you feel you're being taken advantage of, or you're again, uh, you know, in, in involved in a relationship that is not reciprocal. So, you know, we can make these blanket statements about being kind and being compassionate and being empathetic and all those things. But of course, there are going to be caveats to that based on the circumstances in your life. But the common denominator with all of that, though, is how do I advocate for myself? How do I show up as my best self? How do I communicate in a way that is going to be effective? Because you have to think about that when you're when you're thinking about standing up for yourself, okay, the first thing you're going to have to decide is what is my intention here? What is the goal in this conversation? So we're talking about friendship here a lot. If you're having a problem with your friend, you have to think about how you're going to communicate that to your friend in a way that they can receive it so you can fix the situation, repair the situation, improve the situation, or is the is the intention going to be to end the friendship? And you're going to try to do that as gracefully, to use that word here, as you can. We have to think about the intention that we're setting, the goal that we have, and then customize it based on that person that we're having that interaction with. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I think that it's really easy to forget that, um, you know, sometimes relationships come to a an ending as well because of the fact that it's up to us to maintain our boundaries not on them right we have to express and maintain our boundaries and i think we get into trouble when we expect other people to follow what our boundaries are that's 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 the backwards way of looking at it because the people that benefit the most um, from, you know, that usually disrespect your boundaries are the ones that benefit the most from you not knowing how to maintain them. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. You not knowing how to maintain them. And this is a practice, just like everything in life. You know, not everybody is born with the natural gift of communication or the natural gift of connection or um, expressing themselves in in exactly the way that they wish. Did you ever see the movie uh, You Got Mail? That it's such a you yeah. know, Ryan. Uh, and she says to to Tom, uh, to Tom Hanks at one point, I wish I could be like you and say what I was thinking and exactly the way that I want to say it in exactly the right moment and to be able to express myself that way. And he cautions her about saying, you know, once you are able to do that, though, it may not be the result that you want. You it may, you know, be careful what you wish for sort of thing. And then she does do that. And she ends up feeling like she kind of betrayed herself because she expressed herself in such a aggressive way that it wasn't authentic to her. And I just love that example of communication because I think oftentimes we are not always proud of the way we say or do things. And we have that remorse. But if we practice this art of communication, because it is an, it is an art, we practice and are aware of the changes we want to make and uh, how we want to be effective, then we are going to become better and better communicators. We're also going to become more and more empathetic people also too, because in order to do this art of communication properly, it does take compassion. It does take 
landscape, seeing other perspectives. And that's also not easy for people to do. Um, so it is a practice and establishing that advocacy, advocacy for yourself is a practice. One of the things that I want to pivot and, and switch gears and talk about is something that's definitely been affecting me lately, which is how to, to how to know that how to how to be comfortable with the fact that you've made good decisions, how to feel good about the decisions that you've made, um, you know, how to really be confident and comfortable with whatever they are. In particular, if you've had to leave a toxic relationship, maybe you still have to parent with someone. How how do you find that? peace with your decision? I think it's difficult when you have, when you have to try to find peace where you feel there's a environment that is completely the opposite of that. Totally. You know, I, you know, so it's about creating what peace looks like for you. So let's think of an example here. Um, you know, like you said about co-parenting, you know, okay, I'll give you a great example. Oh my gosh. So I was out with, um, girlfriends this past weekend and, uh, her, her ex showed up with her kids while she was at the brunch, basically just ready to drop them off because he had run out of things to, to do that. Oh. Day. And, um, and it, it was, it was, it was odd, but I was so impressed by how she handled the situation because she went out there, had a conversation with them. We got to see the kids who are darling, but you could see that she was handling it in a way that she knew she was going to make herself proud in front of her children. And it was a way it was going to keep her children comfortable in the situation. And she was also going to stand up for herself in it. And also pick her battles and figure out what was worth it in that moment. And I said to her later how impressed I was with how she handled it. Of course, steam was coming out of her ears after it was said and done. But the way she <laughs> handled it in that moment was what is going to give me the most peace in this moment? What is going to, well, how am I going to handle this in a way where it's not going to ruin my day. It's not going to ruin the moment. It's not going to, you know, linger. I'm just going to take care of it and move on to the next thing because this is not worth my energy. So she handled it in a way where she was able to give herself the most amount of peace in a situation that was absolutely not peaceful and absolutely could have triggered her in so many different ways. And I was very impressed by that. So she put her peace of mind first and thought, okay, that's how I'm going to lead. And that's going to be the ripple effect of this moment now. And it truly was so impressive and so beautiful. One of the biggest things that I often tell my clients is, um, you know, safe space for grace as well. So sometimes, you know, we do the best with what we have in the moment. And sometimes we need to have a little grace with ourselves that yes, we could probably have always done better. Um, you know, when I reflect back on leaving, a toxic relationship. I think about all the what ifs. Well, what if this and what if that? And I think, you know, I gave over a decade to someone that could not respect my boundaries. I was not a very good gatekeeper um, and lost myself in that process. And so, you know, the journey to finding myself and recreating my village has, has not been something that I'm willing to shake very easily. It's something that I'm really proud of. It's come with a lot of, um, a lot of sadness. You know, I, I recently saw a video that was sent to me that said, we often forget the cost of peace. 
we, you know, we see people and they're glowing and we say, oh, you go, you go get your piece. That's amazing. You're doing great. You know, but we forget the relationships they had to walk away from that they never wanted to leave or never intended to leave the financial stability they had to leave. A lot is sacrifice. The cost of peace is expensive. Oh, that you gave me goosebumps even saying it. It's true. The cost of peace is expensive. And, you know, in my book, I talk about how the village burns down. The village is lost in a lot of different ways. And maybe that is divorce or maybe that is death. Uh, Maybe that's a breakup. Maybe that's the falling out of a friendship. And in, in those moments, you know, I've, I've done the same thing. I have left, you know, a toxic relationship and, and it was a good year of my life post breakup that again, finding that peace in my life was very difficult because there was so much ick to sort through after, you know, dealing with a narcissist and, 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 you know, how that kind of was like a, an eroding in my brain about certain things that were said and done and the rebuilding that had to come with that. And peace was not the first thing on the menu, girl. I'll tell you that it was, (laughs) I mean, it was peaceful, you know, not having that presence in my life necessarily anymore in that day-to-day way, but just like any breakup, just like the falling out of anything, there was a lot of residual stuff that was not great. And it, it was not peaceful. And you know you, how you have that feeling in your belly when you're anxious all the time and you just can't shake it and just kind of the world, you're kind of like an exposed nerve in the world that that is not a great feeling. And, and even though you may have gotten rid of the source in a certain way, that doesn't mean there aren't, there, there isn't, you know, there isn't residue left over from it that needs cleaning up. And sometimes, you know, stains take, you know, a minute to actually clean up or spills take a minute to clean up. And so you can apply this to anything. You can apply it to a romantic relationship or a friendship or even grief when it comes to death or the grief of the ending of something, whatever it is. Grief comes in a lot of forms and grief can be a really, really evil monster to deal with. But at the same time, grief also allows for the possibility of something new on the other side of it, something healing, something peaceful, eventually as time heals it. But patience, man, oh, the patience that comes also too with the cost of peace. I think people don't talk about that often too. Uh, too uh, they don't talk about it often enough, I should say, about how patience is a huge factor in any of this. It's a huge factor. You know, my mom often says, uh, t- let time do the talking. Mm. And, and that's one of those things is like, ah, gosh, but that sometimes takes too long, <laughs> but, but when you do, it's, it's pretty amazing how things tend to play out, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of what, you know, is, is the delicate balance between, um, navigating and being in control and navigating and letting go of control, right? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. this, it's this, um, gentle dance that we have to do every well, day. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you control your controllables. And, you know, in life, you know, I always say, for at least for me, 
when I am feeling out of control, that I always figure out that there's a place in my life somewhere, somewhere, even as small as it is that I can take control. And maybe that's moving my body. Maybe it's me getting outside and going for a walk and listening to music and just like getting out of my head for a second. I'm going to control that part of my life right now. I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb. And I'm going to go for that 20 minute, 30 minute walk. And I'm going to control that part of my life right now. And I know that seems small, but when you are kind of feeling like you're you're going down that rabbit hole or you're reeling or you're unraveling, there is somewhere, something in your life in that moment that you can grab onto and say, I am going to control this. Uh, and maybe that's journaling. Maybe that's calling a friend and saying, I don't need you to fix anything for me right now. I just need to vent. Can you please just let me for 15 minutes, let me rip. And that is a place you are taking control. So start defining that differently for yourself too, because I think that idea of what control looks like is very specific for people. But if we broaden that a bit to give you more power, to empower you a little bit more, that will maybe help you survive whatever moment it is that you are looking to survive. I love that. I love it. And I know that I know that you have a hard stop today and I want to make sure that I respect your time. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast. Can you share where people can get your book, Build Your Village? Oh gosh, I, I anywhere books are sold. You can go to my website, florenceann.com. I'm also all over social media, Florence Ann Romano. I answer every DM if you want to connect about village building or anything you're going through in your life right now regarding connection. I am here for you. I love it so much. And, and thank you again. I know that we had to reschedule a couple of times with busy schedules and things, and it's such an honor to have you on the podcast and be talking about all the things I love. So thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. You are fabulous. And I, I, I am such a fan and thank you so much for making the time for me. This was really joyful. And we'll visit soon. This won't be the last. I hope not. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.